Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. We were at the Dan Bruce Memorial Ranch Open yesterday, and, uh... I'm doing, this is my first year ranch roping. It, I, I told somebody yesterday if I would have known that roping was this fun, I would have never got on bucking horses. I'd have just been roping, and now I'd be good instead of just uh, floundering around. The first ranch roping I entered, I won third place, or second place. Second ranch roping I entered, I, run, I won third place. And yesterday I didn't even make the short go. So next roping I enter, I'm probably going to fall off my horse, so y'all come out and see. Uh, that, that's kind of that's kind of the direction that I'm heading. Uh, yesterday was a was a tough roping. There were 17 teams in the novice, and uh, usually if you can get two roped with, with, with at least you know kind of one one shot that maybe a hula hand or something like that, you can make the short go. I think every team except one in the novice roping got both cattle roped. I mean, it, it was a tough roping. And so, anyway, but uh, I, I had a really, 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 really uh, hard day roping yesterday. You know, you go out and you practice and you practice and you, you, you prepare, you prepare, and, and sometimes it just doesn't work. I mean, it didn't, you know, now granted, I, I threw a hula hand most of the day, and, and this is a hula hand. It's kind of a, uh, a clockwise swing instead of the, your, your typical swing that goes kind of counterclockwise, and um, it, it's a tougher shot. I didn't throw anything but turnovers and hula hands, and I may have to go back and just throw regular because I didn't do very good. But uh, I really appreciate Brent about halfway through. I got to rope with Brent yesterday, and he, he really said, he said, hey, man, you're out there, and you're not just playing it safe, man. You're going for it. I really admire that, and, and, I, and I appreciated his, uh, his encouragement. But yesterday, so here's the deal. Yesterday in this, in this big loop roping, you know, we use, uh, it's called big loop roping because you use a, a, a big loop. I know that's, that's kind of hard to understand. But, but what happens is sometimes you get to swinging these bigger loops and they start doing, you know, they start figure eighting. See that? They start figure eighting. When you get a figure eight in your loop, it don't matter what happens. When you throw that thing, it's not going to land. I mean, if it does, you had more, you had more uh, uh, chance of catching something just throwing your entire rope. You know, you can throw your entire rope at anything and, and, and maybe get a coil around it. But uh, yesterday, all of my, all of my loops were, were figure-eighting. All of my loops were, uh, were kind of collapsing on themselves. And man, I just kept racking my brain. I was like, man, alive, what is happening here? Because, I mean, I make fun of my roping a lot, but, but I, I can rope. And it's just kind of been a, a, a deal for me these last couple of weeks. That I don't know if it was beginner's luck or maybe I just hit a professional slump. I don't know which one it is, but uh, I'm just not doing as good as I used to. And so I was sitting there yesterday, and, you know, one of the hardest things we'll ever do is to try to keep a positive attitude even though you're discouraged. I mean, that, that's, that's double tough. I mean, if you can keep a smile on your face and keep a positive attitude even when you're discouraged, it's a mark that you're doing something right. But I was sitting there, and, man, I just I didn't know what I was. I didn't know what the problem was. I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, what, what's going on? And so I was sitting there next to Craig Carr. He was one of our judges at the, at the Colt starting competition. 
And I'm sitting there next to Craig, and I looked, and he's got a rope that doesn't look like mine. But it was brandy. It was brandy. It was brandy and shine new, okay? It was brandy and shine new. And so I said, man, what's that rope? And he said, well, it's a three-strand, and it's got this lead lead core. And he said, man, feel this thing. And it was like picking up a, 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 a rock. Man, it was real, real heavy, but it was also, man, it had nice weight to it. And he said, man, you can throw this thing 100 miles. I said, I got to throw things 100 miles because I can't get close to cows, you know? And so I was like, man, I may need me one of these. And so I kind of swung it a few times, and it was kind of staying open. And I was like, well, how come I can swing Craig's rope? And it'll stay open, and I can't swing my rope, and it'll stay open. And I handed Craig's rope back to him, and he said something. Craig's, Craig's roping right now. He has no idea that the entire sermon would be based upon one thing that Craig said, and more, more importantly, what he did. When I handed his rope back to him, he threw, it all, he threw all of it on the ground except this little piece. And you know what he started doing? He started coiling up. He said, hey, I don't mean anything ugly, but he said, I, I, I'm kind of anal about my ropes. He said, it has, to be a, it has to be coiled up a certain way. He said, I, I'm not saying that you messed it up. He said, as a matter of fact, he said, everybody gives me a hard time. He said, because I spend more time coiling up my rope than I do roping. And there was something that I learned in that. In that every time I would miss yesterday, I wouldn't concentrate on coiling up my rope. And when you don't concentrate on coiling up your rope, whenever you've got one of these softer ropes that are real long, what happens is you get a little twist in your rope. It doesn't look like much at all. As a matter of fact, you know, it, but when you have a twist... What happens is that twist works all the way to the end of the loop. So it wasn't that my swing was messed up. It wasn't that my positioning was messed up. What was happening is whenever I would call up, I would get in a hurry and I wouldn't pay attention to what I was doing and I'd get a little, I'd get a little kink in my rope. You can't hardly even see it with the naked eye, but you can kind of feel it. And if you don't fix that kink, it is going to work its way. Everything from the kink on down is going to find its way to the tip of that rope. Even the Apostle Paul, you know, and, and, and if you think about it, our rope, and more importantly, the loop, that's the business end of the rope. It is what we get accomplished in life and it is, you know, if you want to think about it in, a, in an analogy, our, our loop is the effort that, that you throw out every day, okay? This is what people see. This is what people do. This is what we rope with. This is what we do. This is our effort that we throw out every day. Some days are good. Some days are not good. Some days you can't miss. And sometimes you couldn't hit the broadside of Budhead's butt, Okay? That was yesterday for me. But a lot of times our life is like that. When your life starts figure eighting, most people want to start adjusting their loop. And sometimes that is the problem. Sometimes it's real obvious what's going on. And, and we, can, we can do something easy like throw it around this way or put it this way or something. But more often than not, the problem with our loops, the problem with our everyday lives, doesn't have anything to do with today. It's kind of hidden 
in our coils. We've got a kink about four coils back. See, we, we threw a big long loop over there and then we got in a hurry and we forgot what we were supposed to do. Our preparation wasn't good and now we've got a kink four, four coils back and it's working its way all the way up into the tip of our loop so that now whenever we, no matter what we do, no matter how good of a form we have, we've got a kink. But what if there was nothing wrong with your loop or your swing? The result of a kink in your about four coils back, you may get lucky every now and then, but the result of a kink about four coils back, you're going to miss. It's going to collapse. You, you, you're going you're gonna to figure eight. It don't matter if you start swinging. A lot of us start trying to swing harder, and this is an illustration. We're not talking about roping anymore. But a lot of us, man, we try harder, we try harder, we try harder, and, and, and we swing harder and harder and harder, and, and it, just, it just keeps tangling up. Or, we, or then we start you know, carrying our purse around, trying to gingerly get around everything, and that doesn't work either. But the Apostle Paul in Titus talks about three kinks way back about four or five coils that can have a dramatic impact on your everyday life. It will have a dramatic impact on every loop you throw. It will have a dramatic impact on all of the things that you're missing, all the things that you're not catching, all the things that you're not doing. Maybe it's not something that you're doing right now. It's something that we need to back up. We need to throw all of our rope on the ground and recoil and make sure that everything is lining up with what God said. Because when, there, when, when we get about halfway through God's Word and then we get to a point we stop paying attention and we get a kink in there and then we... We, we start going, everything from that kink on is not going to work the way it's supposed to. And I know that as a Christian, I felt this way, so I'm going to be so bold as to say that you have probably felt this way too. You don't understand why you're trying to do everything right and everything is still not working. Well, you may be doing everything right today, but you got to back up a little bit. we got to back up about four coils and be sure that we're doing some basic things that God said. Warning, these kinks or twists or hooies in our character are not stuff that we really want to be talking about, much less working on or practicing. It's a lot more glamorous to get out there like I did yesterday and throw this big long turnover that, well, it's a lot more glamorous when you catch. It, it, it looks cool until you miss. But you know, we, we all want that big, long, nice, fancy shot that, that lands and, and, and all of that. But you know, it's not as glamorous to throw your, throw your life on the ground and start coiling up to make sure that we've got everything right. In Titus chapter 3, starting in verse 1, Paul talks about the first kink about four coils back. Especially in today's day and age, it's going to be real, real hard for some of us. Titus chapter 3 verse 1 says this, remind the believers. Now, you see, he says remind. He's not telling you something new to do. They've, Jesus has already said this. Paul's already said this. As Christians, we should have been doing this a long time ago. But he says, remind the believers. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to remind you that say that you believe in Jesus Christ as being the Son of God that died for our sins and was raised three days later. Here's what he wants me to remind you of. Remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. Oh, but wait a minute. O only if a Republican gets in there, right? 
Or only if a Democrat gets in there, right? Or only if your independent candidate gets in. There's no, there's no clause in there that says submit to the government and its officers as long as everything goes your way. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, talking about you, they should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. Titus chapter 3 verse 1, remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. This was a kink in people's rope, even in Jesus' day. Okay? Rome was occupying Israel, God's chosen people, his chosen country, when he sent the son, his son, to the earth, the greatest event that has ever happened, only to be equaled whenever he comes back for us all. A foreign occupation was ruling God's country. High taxes, bribery, corruption, and public executions were not just common. They were a way of life. What did Jesus say about the corrupt government? What did Jesus do about it? What did Jesus do about God's own country being occupied by a foreign power? What did Jesus say? Give to Caesar's what is Caesar's. Look at the money. Whose picture's on it? They said Caesar's. He said, well, then give Caesar what's his Caesar's and give God what is God's. Jesus didn't do anything about Rome's occupation except try to show everyone what was really important, and that was their relationship with God. God, and I'm sorry. Some of you may disagree with this, and that's fine. You can be wrong. But uh, what happened after World War II? How many Jews were killed? How many of God's own people were killed? You know what the result of that, one of the results of that was? Israel became a nation again. Did you know that Israel had not been its own nation since before Jesus came? For nearly 2,000 years, Israel did not exist. And then millions of Jews were killed, and then Israel became a nation again. And you know what has to happen before Jesus comes back? Israel had to become a nation. Even the bad stuff. God doesn't cause people to get killed, but God can even use corrupt governments and stuff like that to bring people closer to Him. We are supposed to submit. Why should we submit to the government and its officers? Why? I know it's tough. There's things out there that I not only do I disagree with, I can't stand and I hate. But unless it goes against God's ordained plan, and the 20 mile an hour speed limit as you get into town is not part of God's ordained plan, so we got to do it. We got we to gotta do what, what these laws say. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't vote and get involved and stuff like that. But we're supposed to obey, remind the believers to submit to the government and its officers. They should be obedient, always ready to do what is good. But why? It's not just about doing what somebody tells you to do, okay? Why? Number one, it's about integrity. Is it okay to speed or run stop signs as long as you don't get caught? I know I've thought that way. But if you'll do that... What else are you doing? I mean, isn't integrity what you do when nobody's watching? And if you're not willing to follow God, or, you know, we can all follow God and bow our heads and be real reverent. 
while we're in church. But what happens when you're not in church? God wants you to be the same person when nobody's watching as if the cop is sitting there in Kiowa waiting to bust you for going, you know, going 21, right? We're still supposed to obey it whether he's sitting there or not. Number two, why should we submit to the government and its officers? Number one, it was about integrity. God, God wants you to be the same person whether anybody's watching or not. And remember, God's always watching. We think he doesn't see us or can't or, you know, we'll turn a blind eye, but he sees everything we do. Number two, it's about picking and choosing. What if you don't agree with the law? What if you don't agree with the 20 mile an hour speed limit? Do you have to obey it just because you don't agree with it? Yes, you do. How much of what God says do you pick and choose from? Because if we, if we only have to obey the laws that we agree with, then, then we start going through the Bible and we start picking and choosing what, what we want to do. And, and that's not the case. If God says it, that's the way you need to do it. If you don't do it that way, don't be surprised that you got a kink in your loop and you got to figure out and you can't catch nothing. You can't hit the broadside of an ugly horse with the, with the 20 foot rope. That's what's going to happen. How much of what God says do you pick and choose from? I mean, I, I'm just going to be honest. Here's a list of things that a, uh, a preacher, a cowboy preacher that, that preaches in Kiowa, sometimes at the fairgrounds, sometimes out in a pasture. I won't name any names. Here's a list of things that the preacher, some of it while he was a preacher, some of it before he was a preacher, but here is a list of some things that I myself have done. That was wrong. How I picked and choosed. I lived with a woman as husband and wife that was not my wife. And that's not right. You can make any justification you want to. You can, well, this, well, that, well, this, well, that. It, it's wrong. He's not going to punish you for it. But don't be surprised when your relationship, you got a kink in your loop. When things don't go work out. When you don't coil up your life and do what God says, it's, it, it's going to... I mean, my gosh, I, I'm surprised me and Christy even made it. But we did. We made it right, and it's been the greatest. Next Sunday will be 12 years that we've been married. Yeah, thank you. I've had sex with someone that I was not married to. It's not right. It's not the way, and God's not going to punish me for that, but it's not the way you do things. That is, you know, that S word is a great, great, one of the greatest gifts of God that has ever been given to us, and the devil likes to pervert it. He likes to say, oh yeah, that's a good thing, let's do it this way. I'm not saying that God's going to punish you for it, he's not, but you're not going to get anything accomplished. Your, your rope's going to have a, a figure eight in it, you're going you're gonna to have a kink in it. And, and, and I'm sitting here and I'm not talking to anybody out there, I'm telling you what I've done and the repercussions that I've learned from it. Number three, I've told off-color jokes and made fun of people. And you know what that does? Starts eating on your soul. I know I'm not supposed to do that and I have done it. God says, man, you don't act like that. Don't, don't act like the people that are lost. You act like people that have been saved by the grace of God. And, and still, not very recently ago, I slipped up and told an off-color joke and, 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 and made a joke about somebody. I, I'll go as far as to say this. I got called out on Facebook because I shared a picture that, that was poking fun at President Obama. And, I, and somebody called me out on it. And I, I didn't really like it that they called me out on it. 
I, well, I didn't like it, number one, for the way they did it. I wish they'd have just sent me a private message like it says in Matthew 18, 15 through 19. that says when your brother goes, when your brother offends you, go to that brother in private and talk to him. But he blasted me. But you know what? I, I wasn't right. It, it was an off cut. I wouldn't want somebody making a joke like that about me. And here I was. I, I had a moment of weakness. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it, I thought it would have been funny if even it wasn't President Obama in the picture. I would have thought it was still funny. But still, it was poking fun at somebody. And you know what? If we can't have, if we have to poke fun at somebody to use humor, we're not that funny. So I apologize for any that saw that. I, I apologize, and to the guy that called me out on it, hey man, you're pretty brave. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I tried to take it well, and, and I did. I, I I took it down. I didn't like it, but I took it down. I've treated other people badly because I was in a bad mood. I know I'm the only one here that's done that, okay? And number four is not any worse than number one. But the point is, all of these things are just examples of things that will throw a kink into our lives. And too often, we've got a figure eight in our loop, and, and we're just, you know, we're just going through life, and we're not going to catch nothing. We're just going to swing our loop with a figure eight in it and hope that we get lucky sometimes. And then we're going to whine, gripe, moan, and complain about how bad our life is. Well, we're not doing things the way God says to do it. He's not punishing you. He says, if you don't do it this way, you're not going to catch people. And too often, you know, we just keep doing it time after time after time. Number three. Number one, it's about integrity. That's why we obey our, our government. Number two, it's about picking and choosing. Number three, just because it's inconvenient doesn't mean that you don't have to do it. Think about that. Just because what the Bible says might be inconvenient at the moment doesn't give you a hall pass. You don't go up to God and say, God, I know you said to do this. I'm going to wait a couple of years before I do that, okay? And God says, oh, no, that's cool. That's cool. You just keep, just keep doing things wrong. That, that's all right. You don't have to worry about that. that. That wasn't meant for you. That was meant for them other dudes over there. It's not the case, people. I don't get a free pass. You don't get a free pass. None of us gets a free pass. He's not going to punish us for it. He's not, gonna, he's not waiting with a lightning bolt to see if you mess up and strike it down. He's just saying, man, if you keep doing it this way, you're going to keep getting what you've been gotten. Does that make sense? I think it does. That may be Texan. If you need to explain, you know, turn to somebody that looks pretty handsome. He'll probably be able to tell you what that means. Just because it's inconvenient doesn't mean you don't have to do it. Just because you're running late doesn't give you the right to speed. That's why we have to obey the laws and, and all of that stuff. Just because you're mad doesn't mean you have to treat everyone else poorly. Just because you're only buzzed doesn't mean that you can still drive. That's against the law. Buzz drinking is drunk driving. What? Just because something doesn't go your way doesn't mean you can complain about it. Just because it's inconvenient at the moment, like when you get mad and you want to blow your top, it becomes real inconvenient for you to keep your mouth shut, doesn't it? But just because it's inconvenient doesn't mean that you shouldn't still just keep your mouth shut. Did you know that I have scientifically proven one time in my life that you will not explode if you keep your mouth shut? I've only done it once. God's working. I've got a kink right there real bad. But I have scientifically proven you will not die. And if you do die, you get to see Jesus. Hallelujah. Just because it's inconvenient doesn't mean you have to, that you don't have to do it. You're never going to be ready. It's never going to be convenient for you to do what God says to do, okay? I guarantee you, it's never going to be convenient for you to do what God says to do. 
Do it anyway. You're never going to be ready. Just do it. Do what God says to do. Maybe it's time to go back about four or five coils and see if our integrity has a kink in it. We need to throw off everything. We need to throw everything down and recoil so that we can make sure we're not picking and choosing what we want to be following God about. Throwing down your life and double checking your coils is inconvenient. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. All right? There's verse one. That's the longest one. Now we're going to jump to kink number two. They must not slander anyone. They must avoid quarrels. Anybody ever seen ever, anybody ever seen that movie Giant with Rock Hudson and Elizabeth Taylor? Great show, filmed in Marfa, Texas, not far from our ranch. In that movie, Rock Hudson goes and he's going to buy a stud horse from Elizabeth Taylor's family. I don't remember what her name is. And she goes into him about Texas. I mean, she just lights into him. Well, I heard in Texas, kind of like what I go through up here. And uh, anyway, she starts arguing with Rock Hudson. I mean, they're getting feisty. They're getting mad. And uh, they're sitting at the dinner table. You know, when people used to dress up in tuxes to eat breakfast and stuff like that. I don't know if they really did that, but they did in the movie. And the mom, Elizabeth Taylor's mom walks in. She goes, what's going on in here? She goes, we are quarreling politely about Texas. And hush, hush. Paul says, they must not slander anyone. He's still talking about remind the believers, okay, that they must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Titus 3, 2. Eleanor Roosevelt said this, Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. This is a kink in every person's rope. This is a kink. If you don't have this kink, I'd be real surprised because I've got this kink. You've probably got this kink. We all need to work on this. Throw down however far back in your coals you have to go. Some of us have been doing it so long that that old, that old kink is in your first coil. Okay, yeah, I mean, y y your coil will be looking like this, okay? If we have to throw down everything and go back to the beginning to fix this, fix it and fix it today. Stop talking about other folks and stop arguing about anything and everything. What is Paul talking about? About talking about other people? He says, quit, desist, shut down, put the hiatus on it, pull it, stomp on the brake, cease, check, stop, block, stop, drop, and roll, whatever you have to do. Quit talking about people. Even in, the, even in the proverbial prayer chain, oh, you know, they just really need our prayers. They're alcoholics, and, you know, they drink too much, and she's a hussy, and, you know. I, stop! Just stop! You pray for them. You don't have to go tell everybody else to pray for them. You pray for them. Stop talking about people. You should never talk about another Christian about anything. You should never talk about another Christian about anything. Not anything that can be taken as negative, if you've got something negative to say about a particular person, whether you name that person or not, if you've got something negative to say, go say it to their face. And if you're a coward, cowards should especially keep their mouths shut. And in the words of Jake Hershey, put that in your pipe and smoke it. And in the infamous, uh, I just said that. You can tell more about a man by what he says about others than what others say about him. Think about that. You can tell more about a man by what he says about others than what others say about him. How are people going to talk about you? How are you going to talk about other people? Then Paul says you must avoid quarreling. Quit arguing and fighting about every single thing. Drop it, let it go, pop your dally, chuck it out the window, throw it away, turn it loose, set me free somewhere in the middle of Montana, whatever. 
quit arguing, quit bickering. Just because somebody says something you don't like, who cares? Who cares? Social media has, is one of the greatest inventions. With Save the Cowboy, we reach approximately 3 million people a month with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But as good as that is, man, it's got, it's got some things on there, man. Somebody posts something. Somebody's always going to say, somebody's going to argue about something. It doesn't matter. There's a guy that comes out here. He doesn't even attend this church. He watches online, but he comes out here every Friday. He comes out here every Friday and fixes fence. Wish I had a hunter to him. If you'd like to learn to fix fence, come talk to me. Talk to some of these other ranchers, too. I bet they'd be glad to teach you. He said, I went through the John Siebert Stress Reduction Act of 1987. And I said, what is the John Siebert Stress Reduction Act of 1987? He said, I quit associating with stressful people. I said, well, that sounds like it works. I think I'll go through the John Siebert Stress Reduction Act of 1987. Quit quarreling with people. Just because somebody does something you don't like, that's all right. That's on them. You worry about your coils. You don't worry about somebody else's kinks and coils. You just do what you are supposed to do. And what you're supposed to do is not talk bad about people and don't argue and bicker. No quarreling. Stop squabbling. Isn't it funny how a lot of times those two things go together, talking bad about other people and start squabbling? Goes hand in hand. Number three. This is short. It has to be short or we'll spend the next six months on it. Paul says, instead... We've talked about, he said, he started off, remind them to obey the government and its officers, right? Always, they should always be ready to do good. We should always be ready to do good. And then he says, do not slander anyone and, and, and don't quarrel. And then he says, instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. You can tell the size of a man by the size of the things that bother him. I'm not a very big man, I'll be honest. I want to be, but I'm not. I've always prided myself. Well, them big things, boy, they don't bother me. But <laughs> you know what? Them big things don't happen very often. But those little things, boy, they happen every single day. There's going to be something that has already happened today or that's going to happen today that just gets your goat. If you'd like two goats, you can come to my house and pick two up. Speaking of goats, not really, I'm joking. Those are my wife's. You can tell the size of a man by the size of the things that bother him. You can fix that today. Don't let them little things bother you. Show true. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. That includes your wife. That includes your husband. That includes your kids. That includes your dog. That includes a fence post. I don't know. You can go kick the fence post if you absolutely have to. It'll probably be all right. Humility is the only attitude a Christian should possess. Oh, he has an attitude, doesn't he? The only attitude that a Christian should possess is humility. Christianity without humility is just another religion, folks. If someone wanted one thing that would improve their life, 10, 20, 50, 100 fold, if, if you've if you just been listening and you're like, oh man, he's uh, he been talking forever. Listen to this. I don't care if you've heard anything. You listen to what I'm fixing to say. And, and if you're just about you, if we were truly just looking out for ourselves, you would do exactly what God says. Because when he says, if you do it this way, your rope's not going to fold up on you. You're not going to get a kink in it. You're going to start catching more than you miss instead of missing more than you catch. Everything's going to be good. And if you're just out for you, listen to this. This will improve your life 100-fold if you'll start doing it today. These are the words of a guy that was from Nazareth that was born to a girl named Mary, lived a perfect life, and was nailed to a cross as punishment for all our sins. This is what he said. He never made a promise he couldn't or wouldn't keep. 
He never made a promise he couldn't or wouldn't keep. And this is what he says. I'm not going to tell you where it's at in the Bible because I don't want you to focus on where it's at. I want you to focus on what it says. Jesus, the Son of God, said this. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Learn from me, for I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Did you get that? Come to me, all who are, he- who are weary and heavy laden. Learn from me, for I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Quit talking bad about other people. Other people don't concern you. Start doing what you are supposed to be doing. Quit bickering and quarreling and looking for a fight in everything. We just go around with this big prominent nerve called pride and ego just daring somebody to touch it and then we get mad at the wind for blowing on it. We do. You want to change your life? Follow Jesus' promise right there. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Learn from me for I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Do you find yourself hurting, sad, lonely, angry, stuck, shattered, ashamed, confused, lost, depressed, misguided, or maybe you just think that there has to be more to life than this. You fit any of those? Maybe you need to do some more time coiling than you do roping. Maybe we all need to get a little anal. Instead of focusing so much on this and what happens today, Let's go back and make sure that we are doing what God said because all of this is what God said to do. And he said, if you will do all of this correctly, if you take care of all of this, this is a long rope. If you do all of this, there are like 60 feet in here. You do all of this, this will be right. And isn't this what we want to be right? Whenever we go to swing, whatever we throw at. See, God doesn't bless what we try to rope. He blesses who we are. He blesses who we are. The result, a life where your efforts, emotions, and energy don't get figurated as we try to do this thing called riding for God on the Long X Ranch, better known as the kingdom of God. Give your life to Jesus, knowing that he was the son of God who died in our place on the cross and rose again. And then do what he says to do the way he says to do it. And you'll start catching a lot more than you're missing. Let's pray. God, I don't know what you can do with a sorry cowboy like me. And there's a bunch of people that feel the exact same way. We're all broken. We're all hurt. But we're all giving it all that we have. And let us turn that type of attention of giving all that we have, not into our own comfort and our own needs, but into being who you want us to be, doing what you want us to do, saying what you want us to say, and going where you want us to go. And it is in Jesus Christ's name that I pray.